1: Welcome back to the Powell and Podcast Network. We're brought to you by YakAdject. For all your fine quality kayak fishing accessories, go to yakadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighter. Go to pelican.com. To the 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs. go to the 153angler.com. So join with me as together we dive into the tips and techniques Will help make us better anglers out on the water hey everyone welcome back to another episode of bass fishing for noobs here on the paddle and finn podcast i am your host sean lavery uh thanks again for joining me tonight as always i uh, appreciate all of our listeners and um all the comments you guys drop and everything you know definitely makes me uh want to keep going and keep uh you know Doing my best for you guys. So, uh, just a shout out to all the listeners who uh, uh, reached back out and, uh, you know, give me, uh, you know, ideas for shows and um, uh, just comments and stuff. So, keep it coming and I will do my best to keep bringing you the uh, best content I can. In that vein, uh, tonight I have an excellent guest, uh, probably very well known to most of our listeners, but um, maybe uh, might need a little bit of injector. Introduction. So I'll let him do that real quick. But uh, everyone, uh, welcome back to Panel and Finn, Mr. Russ Sniders.
2: How you doing, Sean? Good man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, appreciate Good. you having uh, me on, man. Should be a fun, uh, uh, fun conversation.
1: Uh, I love uh, picking the brains of uh, you guys because uh, you know it's it's definitely you know a learning experience for me, and uh, it's amazing to some of the things that I never even think of that uh, you guys uh, you know bring up and it just i'm like oh you know why did i not think of that but so I, I, how many times have you been on paddle and fan i i don't it's got to be a
2: so at least a third probably maybe fourth or maybe even 5th i'd say four it's probably at least fourth time i'd say
1: <laughs> well uh love having you back man
2: so i appreciate you
1: coming on with me but uh yeah yeah happy to be here so for those of the folks who for whatever reason haven't heard you yet uh, or don't know who you are uh, can you just do a quick intro like who you are where
2: you're from Sure, yeah. My name's Russ Snyders. I uh, live here in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been here about nine years now, and uh, I've been fishing kayak tournaments for, it's my fourth, going on my fifth year uh, next year, and uh, so yeah, I came from the bass boat world originally and transitioned to uh, to kayak fishing, and uh, yeah, don't don't think I'm going back. Found a <laughs> found a good place, and I, I've been really enjoying myself and joined the people I've been meeting along the way.
1: You definitely meet a lot of cool people uh yeah i had the opportunity to meet you when we uh went to dale hollow uh it was yeah. brief, but i still it was nice to you know put a name to a face and meet you in person so yeah
2: that was a fun time it's a good group of guys there it's some live music and stuff That was, that was a fun one yep so uh, how how'd your season go this
1: year are you done or you have many more i got events? one
2: tournament left the last one is the gonna be the uh hobie toc in lake eufaula that's a couple weeks from now and I think I'm heading down there next weekend. Uh, going gonna to do a little camping for that one. We've got a campsite for about a week and a little group of guys. Uh, so should be fun. I'm, I'm excited. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be some cold weather and maybe some tough fishing. And, uh, possibly a good uh, good time to throw a jerkbait. <laughs> uh, I know uh, I was watching
1: uh, what kind of made me reach out to you as I'd watched a video that you had done on jerkbait fishing, and you said in that video that it wasn't for you it's not just a, a cold water bait but it definitely seems to do well in cold water um and yeah that's definitely figured, when it
2: shines but it, you could throw it year-round for sure i figured uh, that would be a great topic for
1: you know as the, everybody's water starts cooling down um some more than others um but uh yeah um so uh I just figured i'd ask you real quick how your season went so far like i I have you on my fantasy fishing team, so I know yeah, cool. that you've done okay. well for me. But uh... it's it's
2: been good. It's kind of had its ups and downs. I had a little bit of a lull there for, for a minute, but uh, overall, I had a really strong start. Uh, won a uh, trail series event at, at uh, the Kissimmee Chain there, and uh, Hobie event at Broken Bow, and a Bassmaster at Eufaula. uh Then after that, it, it kind of slowed down. I think I had maybe. You know, nine or ten tournaments where I think I only cashed maybe one check, and uh, but then it, you know, pick back up these uh, these last few tournaments, a, a few good ones. Just got done with the KBF National Championship over at uh, uh Fish and Caddo and and some of the other lakes around there, Red River area. Uh, had a, uh, a sixth place finish at the national championship, so that was uh, yeah, that was a good one, fun lake, and some some great fishing out there, but. Um, I, you know, did a lot of traveling this year, a lot, of, a lot of tournaments, uh, some, some new places, you know, went up to Ohio and, uh, fished, uh, East West Harbor up at Lake Erie and Susquehanna, Pennsylvania were uh, a couple of the new spots. I was really, really excited about. Um, you weren't and, far from
1: me then at that one. Cause I, yeah, uh, you're about there, 50 yeah. minutes from there. Yeah. Yep. You? You're <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: that's good fishing up there. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, a lot of the play, you know, we hit a lot of, a lot of the, all three organizations did a really good job, you know, figuring out, you know, scheduling around each other one, and also just finding the right times to to hit all these lakes. It seems like every time we went to a lake, it was it was just the right, you know, the right time to be there. And there was some, some big limits caught this year, oh, so it was, it was a fun season.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe some of those limits, especially at the KBF National Championship. Oh, yeah, I there, like I, don't,
2: I really don't think there was a better place. If There's a better place in the country uh, right now. I'd like to know, but I, I really think that. That, that was probably the hottest spot to be in the whole country. So we we timed that one just right. It was it was a blast. I wish I could go back.
1: <laughs> well, awesome, dude. Um, um, so yeah, let's let's dive into jerk baits. Um, you know, I figured start off by the different uh, models that you like to throw. Because I know you said you have a few. I have a few laying here too.
2: I do. Yeah. Um, I've you know quite a, quite a few jerk baits uh, that I like to throw. A lot a lot of them are just kind of the staples i don't get too crazy with with under so many different brands and so many companies that that make jerk baits nowadays but i usually stick to kind of the the tried and true you know the uh lucky craft uh either pointers or or stacy's uh and then the the mega bass you know vision 110 uh and the you know the one 110 plus one um, And then you know, there's some other ones like I don't know, shad wraps. I don't know. That's kind of like that cross between a jerk. There's some some jerk baits that are almost like a cross between a, a jerk bait and a and a crank bait, which I would kind of consider a shad shad wrap or like a bevy shad. Um, So, and then there's also you know uh, also another one I throw is like the Mega Bass uh, Edo Shiner, which is uh, similar to the 110, just a little larger profile, a little less erratic, more of a you know rolling type action. Um, So. So those, you know, those are the, some of the crankbaits or sorry, jerkbaits that I, that I throw and each one kind of has their, their time or place depending on, uh, you know, time of year with the water temperature or, or the, the forage even, or, you know, there's a lot of, a lot that goes into, to which one I, I choose watercolor, the, you know, whether it's uh, overcast or clear skies, um, and all of it's pretty, um, self-explanatory, but, uh, you know, I tr- throw more of the transparent colors like the ghost minnows or, you know, more transparent colors on the, uh, waters, sunny days. Uh, and then more of the, the solid, you know, white colors, like a, a table rock shad or, um, I don't know what this one is this is a good one here. I'm kind of more the overcast. It's kind of transparent too. You know, there's some that are, that are kind of in between, you know, it's so um, it's all, all, all different ones, you know, summertime. I, Throw a lot of uh, this is a, one I throw a lot in the summertime, which is a, a bluegill colored pointer 100 or the, the 78 is uh, probably one of my go tos in the summertime. Um, but it, it's hard to beat, you know, it's, it's really hard to beat. I say if I had to pick one jerkbait to throw, it'd be the Mega Bass Vision, Vision 110. Uh, it's probably my go to most times. And uh, a lot of my jerkbaits, actually, recently I've been, the last couple years um i've been buying a lot of these you know knockoff vision 110s because those things they're expensive they're 25 dollars a piece and uh you know they break pretty easy too is, is the thing they're they're a little fragile they have a pretty small bill on them and uh, especially if you're casting around bridge pilings or docks they really have a tendency just because their shape and size to kind of catch the wind and and you know kick off to the side on a cast so um, so I, I, really started getting more into buying some of these, uh, uh, knockoffs, you know, you can get them on eBay or I think predatorbates.com is, is a good one here. And, um, you know, this one's like a table rock shad and, uh, made some, I got some, uh, golden shiner ones for when I was down in Florida. Um, it's, you know, something, not a lot of guys when they go to Florida, think of jerk baits, but, uh, right. really in the year, you know, they, they work pretty well. Yeah, let me turn on this light. Oh, um, hold on, one second. I'm turn on this light really quick yep. just to get a little bit more. Uh, yeah, see the baits a little better.
1: Yep, yep. So I was thinking, like, uh, you yeah. you have a couple different sizes there. What generally when do you throw the the larger ones versus the smaller ones?
2: A lot of it's just the the you know profile the bait if they're feeding on smaller shad or, or bigger shad or you know sometimes like i said I throw jerk baits when they're feeding on bluegill too uh i think that's one thing that that's overlooked is a bluegill uh, jerk bait a lot of guys throw you know the shad or the um you know in this case i have a golden shiner one so i mean jerk baits can can imitate a lot of different forage and uh, but uh but yeah, usually it's just on the size, you know, the size. The so size try to of the match bait. the
1: hatch, kind of thing. Yeah. Totally,
2: yeah, and some, you know, they sometimes I'll throw that Edo shiner, uh, which is the larger mega bass when they're they're feeding more on the gizzard shad instead of the threadfin shad. Um, but yeah, the one thing that's interesting with these with these knockoff jerk baits is they can be a little inconsistent as far as just getting them to suspend correctly. Uh, so what I really started doing is I'd uh, I would put the hooks on them, you know, before I go in, I airbrush a lot of these. So what I'll do is I'll put the hooks on and weight everything uh, as it is. And then I'll put it in a bucket of water and actually put suspend strips right on the bottom of them. And I'll, uh, I'll put the suspend strips on so that it either barely barely floats up or it just suspends perfectly. And what I really want to want to accomplish is uh, to have that jerk bait actually sink really, really slow, but I'll put the, uh, suspend strips on. And then after I put the paint in a clear coat, it actually gives it a little more weight. What I, with most times, unless I'm fishing, uh, in a situation where there's like submerged grass. And then in that case, it's kind of nice to have it float up just a little bit. Just so when you hit that grass, you know, it won't really cat. You can get it to float up a little bit. Uh, but nine times out of 10, unless I'm in, you know, unless I'm in that situation, I want a jerk bait that's going to sink really, really slow. You don't want it to sink too fast, or it's not going to look natural. Uh, but it, it, you know, just just a couple in you know, an inch a second, something like that. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, I can get that bait a, a lot deeper. You know, the normally like a Mega Bass uh, Vision One Ten will get down maybe four or five feet, but if you weight it properly, you know, you can count down ten seconds and get it down to that six, seven foot range, especially on a long cast. And you can also do that by putting changing out the hooks and uh and getting a little bit more weight on the hooks as well Uh, but once you start doing that and putting too big of hooks on it too you end up getting you know the line wrapped around it kind of weird or the hooks will get tangled so i really prefer to to have you know smaller size hooks on it the right you know the right size hooks and um adjust the weight with the suspend strips. Another thing that's important with the suspend strips is just getting the right angle. You don't want it nose down too far and you don't want it sitting completely horizontal. You want just a a little bit of tilt to that, to that nose, maybe 10 degrees or something like that, 10, 15 degrees, uh, with that nose, nose pointed down.
1: And you do most of that just by testing in a bucket of water. You'll, you'll, add the stuff and then see how, what a yeah. solution is. And then, yeah, and you can it.
2: add it, you know, you can put the suspend strips just on any jerk bait that you buy too. But these ones that I've been, uh, these ones that I've been, you know, buying off of uh, predator baits or going on to eBay or whatnot, uh, a lot of times they have different balls and they're, you know, they're not always weighted correctly. So I'll adjust those suspend strips. Sometimes I'll put them a little more forward. Sometimes I'll put them a little more back. And after I put those suspend strips on, Uh, Then I actually paint over it and then epoxy over everything too. So they're on there permanently, where if you put them on a bait that you buy, you know, that you're going to have to, they'll end up coming off from time to time. So you got to
0: just reapply those suspend strips. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: cool and I, one one thing you mentioned that i always thought that the depth of your jerk bait came from your like your retrieve like you retrieve
2: line size uh a lot of that has has a lot to do with it too Uh, a lot of times on my retrieve you know i make most cases unless i'm trying to hit targets like around docks or something like that but um let's say i'm fishing like bluff walls is a pretty popular spot to throw a jerk bait or even like a long tapered point or something like that most times i'm trying to make really long casts with a jerk bait uh and i'll just crank it down for about you know, five seconds first, just to get it to the depth that I want. And then I'll, I'll start working my retrieve. And, um, I, I mix it up throughout the day. I mean, typically, you know, the colder, the water, the slower retrieve, the warmer, the water, the faster retrieve, but sometimes that's, that's not always the case. And I'll, uh, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll mix it up throughout the day and really let the fish tell me what, you know, which way they want it. Um, most, I say the most popular the kind of go-to retrieve that I start out with is, uh, like a two, one retrieve. So it's like jerk, jerk, pause, jerk, pause, jerk, jerk, pause. jerk, pause. That's kind of my go-to. Uh, most times I'll start out with that. Um, I mean, other retrieves I've seen at times in cold water where they don't want it, you know, jerked at all, where it's just more of like, a long pull and then just kind of reel up the slack. Another just long, kind of slow pull. Interesting. Um, I've had other other times where it's just like jerk, 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 just as fast as you could just keep jerk, just make it as erratic as possible and keep it moving, especially summertime. I had a lot of luck with that retrieve. I'm um, uh, like a little pointer 78, uh, like that little bluegill one throwing it in the summertime. This little guy right here. Um, yeah, where I just keep it moving. If they pause it at all, especially if the water's clear, sometimes they just get too good a look at it. And that that clear water in the summertime, uh, I just keep it moving as fast as I can. But okay, but yeah, you just got to let the fish tell you, tell you what they want. And there's it's almost, it's hard to even say there's a wrong way at one point or another. Like any any type of retrieve can catch them. But if you had one go to, if you're just going to go out there and um, have have one retrieve to to kind of try the, try the most, you know, I'd do that jerk, pause, jerk, jerk, pause. And if it's not working, then I'll start pulling more or doing a few, you know, start mixing it up a little bit and testing different things if that one doesn't work. But how long do you
1: tend to stick with one retrieve before you switch it up?
2: Uh, again, it just kind of, kind of depends on, on, you know, if I'm in an area, if I'm seeing fish on, on the graph and, um, I know I'm around them, I know I'm putting it in front of their face, but they're not reacting to it, uh, then it maybe won't wait long at all. But if I'm, you know, covering a lot of water and it's just kind of kind of dead and it's just a matter of I don't think I've got it in front of a, a school of fish yet, then I'll probably stick with that standard retrieve a little bit longer until I really feel like I put it in front of, you know, some fish's face and they just haven't uh, they haven't reacted to it.
1: Is that generally then also like what you're aiming for is to to drop it right in them, or are you trying to pull them up from below, or it really depends where they're positioned? I guess
2: it depends on on where they're positioned. Uh, a lot of times on the bluff walls, you know, they'll be sitting sitting below it and looking up. Uh, in that case, sometimes maybe you got to give a little longer pause. And that's another thing to talk about is just the the t- time of the pause. And I, like I said in wintertime, there's times where you have to count down like ten seconds even. I mean that's that's kind of extreme, but definitely five there's plenty of times in the winter time where you know i'll wait five seconds before um before you know jerking again just letting it sit there so um yeah 10 seconds like i said i've had times where it takes that long but it's painfully slow and it's hard to yeah hard to cover you know there's an area with fish then then i'll have the patience to slow down like that but if you're just trying to cover water it's pretty difficult to to wait that long yeah.
1: And I know sometimes you're moving pretty fast when you're covering water. Is, is a jerkbait still am, yeah. something you do while you do that? Or
2: yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not, yeah, I, I say it can be, it's not, you're not going to cover as much water. It's one way it's, it's probably one of the best ways to power fish in cold water, uh, really. And it's, you're not gonna, even though it's still, I guess, power fishing, it's not, as fast moving as you know throwing a spinner bait or a crank bait or buzz bait or, or something like that you're not going to be able to cover that much water but it's still you know a power fishing application that you can throw in the, the winter and a lot of times that's one of the only ones you know that, that you can power fishing technique that you can do in the winter um, otherwise you know you're throwing worms or jigs or you know drop shots stuff like that so
1: stuff that you're definitely going to have to slow down a little bit yeah
2: yeah
1: Cool, cool. Okay. Um, how about um, uh, lines and um, uh, rods and stuff?
2: Yeah. Um, let's see. I got a couple rods here. So um, there's a couple different iRods rods that I that I like using. There's, there's two main ones that I throw is uh, either the um, it's a six ten. Uh, it's a sixty um, one oh uh, two C jerk bait rods uh, I rod Genesis two jerkbait rod. It's six ten. It's a two power. Uh, it's a, it's a really light rod. I especially like this one for like the pointer 78s, uh, and the Stacey's I'll use it for that. Uh, And some of the, the shad wraps and some of the lighter jerk baits. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah, really soft rod. It's got a, a short handle on it, six foot 10. Uh, and I typically pair this with, you know, I go kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I'll just use fluorocarbon, like straight fluorocarbon, like 10 pound, uh sometimes even eight maybe uh but most times i'd say 10 with with this rod Uh, but also throw it with like 20 pound braid uh, with a 10 pound test leader uh i kind of go kind of go back and forth some of it depends on the bait and how far i'm casting uh if i'm doing really long casts that braid is really nice on on a really long cast uh, with the leader just because if you do get a bite uh, we'll do a couple of reasons I guess if if you get a bite, you know You get an easier hook set just for the fact that you don't have stretch in the line But also with the braid on a on a long cast uh, You're gonna get a lot more snap to that jerk bait a lot more erratic action because that line isn't absorbing it it's, uh, it's just gonna it's gonna shoot back and forth a lot easier a lot sharper. Uh, I guess you could say a lot sharper uh, um, Twitches or, or you know darts darting in the water Right. yeah where the the fluorocarbon because of the stretch especially on a long cast it's going to kind of absorb that more and it's it's going to be uh not quite as 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 erratic uh and then the other rod that i i throw is a it's actually a crankbait rod it's the gabe's riprap special it's 703 it's a composite rod really made for for throwing uh crankbaits but i like this rod a lot for for baits. actually i like it better than the as far as throwing the like the Pointer 100s or the Mega Bass uh, Vision 110s, uh, I, I really throw this one this one a lot. It just uh, handles the cast a little better than the other jerk bait rod that Irod Rod makes. Uh, it's just a little bit light. It kind of loads up a little too much uh, for casting some of the heavier jerk baits. Uh, but this one here, this Gabe's Drip Wrap Special, does a really good job of that. Uh, with this one, I'm throwing more sometimes 10 10 to 12 uh, that or uh, Times I'll also do the 20 pound braid with like a 12 pound test leader as well. And that's and more
1: of a like a moderate action rod? Like a, that's more
2: of a moderate action. Yeah, it's a composite rod, uh, a little bit different action. The other one is just a, a kind of thinner walled uh, graphite rod. And um, a lot of it, and it, you know, the other one does well on the, the jerkbait rod, will have the action okay. Or throwing the bigger jerk baits, but it's more on on the cast. It, that one it just kind of loads up a little too much, and this composite rod really gets an, an accurate cast. Just loads up properly, uh, gotcha. to get a nice straight cast on some of the bigger jerk baits. And uh, also throw a seven um, thirty three. I think it's the iRod Genesis two Lone Star Special for when I'm throwing like the Edo shiners uh, or there's some some other you know large jerk baits like a, a pointer one twenty eight. Uh, or, you know, there's some other big ones that I used to throw out in California a lot, but don't throw them out uh, too much here, like a Daiwa SP Minnow and some of the more, more stripers. You know, I used to do a lot of striper fishing too. So I throw okay. some of the big, those big jerk baits and big Rapalas and stuff like that as well. So,
1: and uh, how long is your leader generally when you do braid to leader? Do
2: you? When I do braid to leader, I always have, I never like casting my knot out of the spool of the reel cause just cause that line guide, if you're your not as in the spool, sometimes on a cast, it'll catch that line guide in the reel as it's coming out. So I always make it so that my knot is right outside of the line guide. And then I have about six inches of line uh, coming out of the tip. So I guess that would not make it if it's a seven foot rod if you're the butt length's about a foot. So it'd be about a six foot leader. I'd okay. say maybe just under six feet, just depending on the length of the rod.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, uh, what else was I wanted to talk about? Um, so we covered line, uh, we covered rods. Um, oh, uh, I wanted to talk to you about retrieves, especially, you know, when you, if you watch videos online, almost all of the people are standing on a boat deck with a rod pointed down, pulling at the rod and in a kayak, unless you're standing that's pretty impossible
2: it is yeah um i've it's been an adjustment for sure it's it is a little easier having that rod pointed downward especially fishing out of a boat or something like that but i've learned to to adapt to that and i just kind of do it out uh, i guess uh, how do i explain it so it'd be almost like at a 45 degree angle my rod tips are always just like an inch or two or you know a few inches above the water And I just kind of start out with my rod tip, not straight in front of me, maybe just tilted to the side, you know, to the side, instead of being pointed straight there, It would be pointed, you know, maybe 15 degrees to the side. And then uh, when I jerk it, it gets to about maybe 45 degrees where, you know, 90 degrees would be straight out my side. So I stay in that, like, I'd say 10 to 45 degree angle with my rod tip. Uh, just a few inches above the water. Uh, another, you know, another really important thing that I've noticed with jerk baits is um, to have your line. You don't want any kind of bow in your line at all. You want, when you make, when you make that cast, um, you want that line pointed you know, straight at you. So you almost want to stay still when you, when you, when you're, um, so when you make your cast, you don't want to like be running your, your motor or, or you know, pedaling or paddling, you don't want to cast out and then start pedaling and paddling and moving where it's going to create a bend in your line. You really want to line it up, get that cast and keep your line as straight as possible. That really, really makes a big difference, I believe. it's uh, okay. just better action on the jerk bait. It helps it suspend better. It doesn't, you know, it's not gonna and when, you know, after you jerk it, you really want to snap it too. That's another thing to talk about is you really want to snap that rod most times, unless you're, you know, there are retrieves where you're just kind of pulling it and reeling up the slack, but most times you're really snapping the slack in the line. You're not pulling and stopping. You're, you're, you're snapping it back. And as soon as that rod tip kind of snaps back, you're pushing your rod back towards your bait. And that's what's going to give it that more erratic action. You're really just snapping the slack in the line. Um, and a lot of people, that's probably the most common mistake I see when people are fishing jerk baits is they just, they're, they're pulling it too much instead of snap, snapping that slack. Each time you kind of snap the rod back um, you want immediate slack in the line right after you don't want to do pulls Like there are times where, like I said, where pulls like that will work, but, but 90% of the time uh, you really want to make sure you're snapping the slack in the line. And it, it takes a while to, to get the feel for that. You kind of got to, yeah, just it's almost, you know, it's the same type of thing with like walking a walking a spook. It's just getting in the rhythm of reeling at the right speed and working that rod at the right speed. And it's kind of one of those things like you know, rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the <laughs> same time where it's it just takes a little while to, to get the feel for it. Well, I always
1: I was curious how much I should be uh winding my reel while I'm doing it. I um you're just trying to keep that like just enough slack so that when you're popping it's you know, you're not pulling, pulling it, but yeah, you're you're
2: not reeling too much. You don't want to snap it and then keep reeling your line tight. You want to, you got to reel just the right speed. So you're picking up some of the slack, but not all the slack in your line.
1: And you want to make sure when you pop that your rod goes back to where you started from.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: That that's what really allows it to really get those big kind of cuts.
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly, gotcha. um, and then the, the wind plays a, a big part too it's hard hard to throw a jerk bait when you have a uh, crosswind it's either it's easy when it's either at your back or coming straight at you uh, if you the wind's coming from the, the side a lot of times you'll get problems especially if you're throwing braid where when you're trying to snap it like that that braid will wrap around your line line uh your rod, your rod tip, tip. I oh i hate right. that yeah you <laughs> hit, your line will wrap around <laughs> your your rod tip uh, and you also get that bow in your line so that after each time you snap it, the winds kind of blow in your line and you're not getting that hard snapping action. And it's the bait's not going to sit there and suspend either because that wind is going to slowly kind of it's going to put pull on that line, which is going to pull on that bait a little bit, too. So it's going to move really slow in the water.
1: OK, so on on those kind of days, you, I know a lot of times you're, you're casting to our target, but in that, in that kind of situation, you might actually have to line up with the wind and kind of see what you can hit that way, right? Yeah,
2: the wind's too strong. Like You really want to make an effort. Sometimes on a cast or you're going down a bank, you kind of have no choice, but you will notice that you'll, you'll get a lot more bites when, uh, when that wind's either coming straight at you or at your back, and you're going to have less problems, like I said, with that, with that braided line or line wrapping around your tip as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and is that
1: uh, a tactic you do a lot, like uh, covering a bank? Like I, I usually don't think when I think of bank fishing, I think of shallow water. And, you know, if you're just coming down the bank, um, is that some uh, situation where you would use a jerk bait? If, you know, how deep, yeah. or how shallow do you use a jerk bait?
3: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis. and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: How uh, shallow? Well, I'd say five, at least four feet. There's not many jerk baits. I got a couple of these little uh, yozuri. I haven't used them in a while. I don't even know what it is. But these things only run That's, like a, a yeah. I was going to say two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? A little Yeah, Missouri. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Just, <laughs> I haven't seen these things around for a while. Uh, these things are, I don't know, it's some sort of Yosuri. I don't know what the model is, but uh, this one runs really shallow, only like a foot or two, and it's really erratic. And it's been a while since I've tied this on, but I've had a lot of luck with them before. And there's some other ones. I guess uh, another good one I used for, uh, I went down to Pensacola and did some. Uh, dry, you know redfish and uh and speckled trout uh, and this is a really good good one too i'm sure it would work for bass i haven't really tried it that much but it's a shadow wrap shad the uh shadow wrap shad 09 it's the 09 mean uh it's a slow rising it rises really slow and it's got a little small bill on it and um this is another one that works good not like you know one to two foot range in extremely shallow water uh, but not one I typically use use for bass too much. Um, probably should. I'm sure they would. You know, certain situations. I wouldn't be surprised that these these did work well because they, they have great action on them. Um, I guess the only other jerk like jerk bait or I don't know if you consider it a jerk bait, uh, but the the shad wraps here. I'll use that. This little um, size five. I think this is a size five. The shallow diver. They make a deep diver and a shallow diver. Uh, this is a really popular one on on Percy Priest. Uh, you almost have to cast this one with a spinning rod, and there's times with the uh, you know those pointer seventy eights where where I'll throw it on a spinning rod as well. Um, but yeah, this one here is uh, just a little balsa bait, and you're not really jerking it too much. You're almost just just reeling it, but it's you know it has the profile of a jerk bait, whether you want to call it that or not. But uh, in the springtime on Percy Priest, it's a really popular bait thrown in like. You know, a foot of, less than a foot of water. I mean, you'll you'll be in, sitting in a foot and a half or so, casting up in inches of water. Uh, and they'll be sitting right up there, really, really shallow. Um, okay. So that's another one. But usually, when I'm throwing the the mega bass or the the pointers, uh, which are predominantly, you know, those are the ones I use the most and in, in the shallow water situations for bass. Uh, I'm going to be throwing it at least four feet just because uh, you'll break if you're throwing it shallower than that you'll one you'll end up getting hung up quite a bit and two you'll end up uh end up breaking some bills on some expensive baits so that's never fun
1: no no i was i remember talking with Juan Virut about fishing uh, the uh, 110s in the Susquehanna and he said that you know there's times where it it just doesn't work cuz it's so shallow and rocky and you're going to break bills left mm-hmm. and right so oh. it's not it's not a crankbait. You're not wanting to deflect off of cover. You're yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And sometimes you do get them. There's times where I've hit rock piles and stuff and it has triggered strikes, but more times than not, you're going to end up breaking your bills, which is no fun. I'll give you guys a good tip. It's a good tip right here. When you buy your mega bass lures, keep the package. I prefer to buy them from Bass Pro Shops because I will keep the package. And when I break the bills, I just put it back in the package and I return them and I get a new one. Oh that's a definitely a good tip. That's a good one trust me I've done it at least like 15 20 times So what's that? that's a few hundred bucks right there heck yeah so
1: yeah I've uh, I've broken a few on the river I've lost a few um, I uh, I end up I, I, I think Susie Roloff, who's uh, another paddle and Fin host uh, talked about trolling. Uh, 110 at times and has caught them like that and i actually did that and i actually for some reason caught walleye that day when i was trolling trolling, uh vision 110 yeah i believe that yeah it was interesting so cool cool but uh awesome dude um i'm trying to think of anything else that uh, uh anything else that you think you uh uh you know any other tips or
2: tricks that you can think I of? I guess like where it. I'll give you a few examples well, of where idea. you know what type of areas I throw jerk baits. I mean, I guess you could throw it just about anywhere, uh, but the three, I guess, most common places I'll say I throw a jerk bait is either steep bluff walls, and you pair it, you get right alongside of it. Uh, I like throwing like a, a Stacy. That's a good time to throw a Lucky Lucky Craft Stacy ninety or a Vision one hundred and ten plus one um that's a really good spot throw jerk baits another good spot is like really long tapering points especially uh in the pre-spawn like staging areas and stuff like that you know long points outside of uh spawning bays you know secondary points and stuff like that now on those would like, you sit
1: um at the bottom of the point and like cast both. it up shallow and work it sometimes down, yeah or work sometimes it across the
2: point you can do either. A lot of times it depends on the wind, which way the wind, that, that would probably determine it more than anything, is which way the wind's coming from. Sometimes I'll say if the wind's coming straight across the point, you know, typically I like throwing into the wind uh, the most. And it's hard sometimes, you know, the jerkbait does have a tendency to shoot one way or another when you're throwing into the wind. And it's, it's one of the more difficult l- lures, I'd say, to throw into the wind. You gotta adjust your brakes and get it kind of dialed in. Uh, sometimes I'll throw across the point and sometimes I'll sit right up on the bank on the point and, you know, cast out towards deep water and bring it back towards the bank. If it's, if it's an area that's getting a lot of, a lot of fishing pressure, a lot of bass boat pressure, especially where where bass boats can't have a little harder time fishing that way, where a kayak, you can literally just put it right up on the bank, you know, um, that can be a really good retrieve. And, uh, another good one is, is alongside docks and, and bridge pilings, um, again, it you can have issues with with hitting those docks or bridge pilings on a cast, and it's a good way to to break a few jerk baits. But it's a really effective way of catching fish as well. That are uh, you know because a lot of times the, those docks and stuff will say you, you know it's a dock with ten feet of water underneath it, and those fish are just sitting a couple feet, two, three feet under the dock. They're suspended under the dock, uh, so you get something like a jerk bait that's going to get right down to that depth where they're at and Um, and it's just going to suspend there. It's going to give, you know, it's, it's an easy way to, to get those fish to dart out from underneath those docks and and grab it.
1: Okay. Now I know, um, you, you talked about the, like the crank for a few seconds just to get Mm -hmm. it down there, but you also talked about, you know, letting it kind of settle and, you know, counting it down. So yeah. Yeah. At what point do you start counting? Like,
2: it just depends on the depth. I'm seeing fish on my graph that are um you know if i'm throwing a vision 110 that typically gets down that four or five foot range and i'm seeing a lot of fish in like seven eight nine ten feet you know rather than going to a plus one um uh, a lot of times you know they won't want the action of that plus one they prefer the action of, of the regular one with the smaller bill a little more erratic action and just counting it down to that depth uh, so you'll give it a couple of cranks it. to get it to the normal depth and then yeah i'll day. give it like crank it down for like maybe four or five seconds something like that and then maybe I'll jerk it a couple times or, or yeah, you can just do that. You can just crank it down. And once you get it to that depth, then I'll just wait for like 10 seconds or something like that, you know, and get it down a few extra feet gotcha. that way.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, I've, I remember we had um, uh, David Sense, Sense, I think is how you say his name. He's a spy baiter. And he was talking about a very similar kind mm-hmm. of thing for getting a spy bait down to where you wanted to.
2: Totally. Um, yeah and uh, my biggest thing is just you know a lot of times the jerk baits depending on the water density and the temperature you know you'll have you'll i'll be throwing a jerk bait and in warm water i don't know which way it, it goes but i'll be fishing let's say in warm water and it will i think it floats more so it'll it'll be uh let's put it this way i'll, I'll be fishing it in cold water and it will you know just barely barely be sinking it just like i like it and then all of a sudden, you know, I'll come back in the summertime and throw that same jerk bait that I think I have dialed in. And it's, you know, it'll float up really, really slow. So you might have to put a little bit more uh, weight on it. And that's really dialing in that, that sink rate. It's really important, um, I really believe, to just have it sink really, really slow. Unless you're in those situations where, like I said, where you're fishing around grass or something like that. You don't want to have it sink down that far. Um, but it's, and you don't want it to sink too fast either. I'm, when I'm s- I mean slow, I mean like, like less than an inch, like a, maybe like an inch a second or yeah, maybe an inch or two a second, I guess. Okay.
1: Um, how about four? Like I, I remember reading one time too, that you don't want it to move forward. Like when you do that pop and pause, you want on the pause for it to be pretty much stationary. Kind of jump
2: back. And that just comes, uh, that just comes down to leaving slack after the jerk, you know, not jerking it and then reeling up too much of the slack where it's going to pull it forward or having you know like a crosswind like i said where you're going to jerk it and that crosswind is going to blow that bow in your line and it's going to keep it kind of barely moving forward you really want to make sure to have have that slack and have that line going out straight try to avoid having a crosswind and uh yeah just getting kind of that 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 rhythm down of, of the retrieve
1: okay and um I know obviously we talked about the pause in the retrieve uh generally the colder the water the longer the pause totally um, yeah Is it, do you change up locations where you're throwing it in in the winter versus like the summer or spring like Say it uh, again? Do you change up like where you're throwing it in the different seasons or is it you'll try all those places in all the different seasons points and docks and
2: uh I'd say wintertime the bluff walls probably shine better I'd say all right wintertime Probably bluff walls. I mean, different. You know, they could fish can be anywhere. But if I was, yeah, to try to pick the most likely scenarios, wintertime bluff walls, early spring, kind of the secondary points. uh, You know, outside the spawning coves, and then the summertime fishing around docks. Uh, But you can fish summertime around bluff walls. You can fish wintertime around docks. But in most cases, that's that's what's most typical. I'd say. Okay. Cool.
1: Um, all right. Um, anything else? I, I I the spinning rods you throw on are similar to the uh, casting rods. I'm guessing like in that mid, like six or six foot close to seven foot range.
2: Yeah, six six and a half to seven foot. Um, I don't have like a specific one that i that I I just kind of use the the ones that I use for my my finesse applications. I don't have a specific. Um, jerkbait rod for my spinning rods, but you don't want something too heavy. It's typically a, you know, it's kind of in between. Not like a really light jerkbait rod, but not a not like a heavier shaky head or too broad. Uh, it's kind of kind of in between. Something that I'd um, throw a Nico rig or a lighter shaky head, or you know, if you get that, that, I guess the perfect one would be like a, a six ten medium essentially would would be right about where you want what you want out of that
1: okay and that's generally for throwing those real small or kind of on the smaller yeah, side pointer
2: jerks. 78s or those those really small ones that like shadow wrap shad or the um those, especially the little shad wraps stuff like that
1: like i i had to say i have to give props to my friend uh jake uh Stoffman. he uh I was really struggling to catch fish early this year on the river and um in the cold water like March when it was still pretty chilly on the Susquehanna and uh he's like, "Well, why don't you throw a jerkbait?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I've never had much luck with the the 110 in this cult kind of water." He's like, "Oh, no, no, you got to go much smaller." Like and he gave me a, a pointer and um I started throwing that and I, it was like magic. I was like, Oh dude, you're a genius. Cause they really, I was surprised and, and the places I caught them, I was surprised they were there. And I thought that I had to be, you know, that they were, they always say that the river, the, the bass go to the deepest parts of the river, but I wasn't in the deepest parts of the river and they were still up there. Huh. Uh, and it surprised me. Um, Cause I, you know, usually that time of the year on the river, I'm doing hair jigs and, tubes and stuff that's slow and on the bottom and and i thought that the jerkbaits would be too fast and you know uh wouldn't be able to get down to those deep parts and then i so on my way down to the deepest part of the river i stopped in the shallow parts and not super shallow but somewhat shallow and threw the jerkbait on my way and I started catching fish there. I was like, "Oh man, so nice."
2: Were they in the current more, or in the slack water areas more? Slack water in the slower yeah. water. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been rare. I've caught some fish on a jerk bait in the current, but when I'm doing the river fishing, I, I have had good luck on jerk baits in the rivers. But most times, ninety percent of the time, it's more in those slack water areas or eddies or uh, areas outside of the current.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. I, and I, I think I would have trouble controlling it in the current anyway. You know. Yeah. Having slack and, you know, being able to manage that while also, you know, keeping that retrieved the right way. So, yeah. Cool. Um, all right, man. Well, I think we've covered a ton of stuff. Um, I think hopefully that definitely gives um, our listeners who maybe haven't tried a jerk bait or weren't sure they were doing it right. You know, uh, some, a definite place to start um, and uh, hopefully, you know, find some success. Uh, definitely if you are, uh, at all intimidated by cold water fishing, uh, and you've struggled like, I, like I struggled for a while, definitely give it a try because I think it can be a really productive bait, uh, when the water starts getting cold and it seems like nothing else is working. So
2: definitely. I, I agree, man. I do agree. Cool. Well, All right,
1: dude. Well, uh, thank you so much. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity uh, to shout out any sponsors or social media that you wanted to.
2: Yeah, uh, my social media is just Russ Snyders, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, Russ with one S, Snyders with an S at the end. And uh, I like to, yeah, thank my sponsors Irod Fishing, Dakota Lithium, Torquido, and uh, Catch.
1: Awesome, Awesome. I've seen a couple of videos you did with Jeff little, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, he did a great Jeff- job editing
2: editing that he's, he's yeah, he's a really great guy and it's it's been it' was fun working with him on the, on those video projects. Uh,
1: he's making me want to buy a torquedo for sure.
2: <laughs> it's worthwhile man eleven has <laughs> been awesome. I've been loving it. That's cool.
1: A life that has
0: the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life.
2: Yeah, baby.
1: Six, eight Western. I'll oh, there, baby, right there.
0: Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.
1: Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Um, I appreciate, you know, taking the time to, you know, share the the knowledge with us. It was definitely a lot of good stuff. So
2: Yeah, no problem, Sean. I really appreciate, yeah, uh, having me on and really enjoyed the conversation.
1: And um, good luck in the uh, Hobie TOC. So Thank you. You'll help me finish out my
2: fantasy year strong. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'm going to be that's awesome for a while, so we'll yeah. see how it goes. I'm excited about it. I got a big win there earlier this year, so I'm excited to get back.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I wish you the best in that, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll hear from you on the reel down when you uh, uh, after that. You know, that would be cool. That would be cool.
2: (laughs) All right, Sean. Take it easy. All right.
1: Thanks, man. Have a good night. You too. See ya. See ya.